All right, the Soul Stream has begun. Mortal Kombat Online and the Realmcast live show, bringing you everything Mortal Kombat related from news to guests, contests, whatever we got going on today. I'm your host, the Mortal Kombat fan, Tim, and with me as always is my co-host, our lore master, Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thank you, fan Tim. And for now, it's just the two of us, but we will be introducing our special guest, returning friend Jeremy Adams, very soon. Uh, but for now, we'll start off with just the two of us and head through the news. What do you That's think? That's right. So, hey, everybody. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot planned for today, uh, as Yanni mentioned, including Jeremy Adams, who will be joining us soon. So uh, let's jump into this, Yanni. Uh uh, first of all, a couple things to mention before the show kind of kicks off and we start talking about news. Um, we are running a contest right now. Uh, if you're interested in getting some G Fuel with a Raiden Shaker, and this is the Electric Strike Raiden G Fuel, uh, we are giving this away. Um, all you have to do to get it is share your favorite episode of the Realms. Ugh, share your favorite episode of the Realm Cast. And be sure to tag us. Uh, so if you're sharing it on Twitter, use the uh, at Realmcast. If you're sharing it on Facebook, just tag Mortal Kombat Meme Realm. And we will be gathering everybody who shares an episode, and we'll be giving this out to somebody. Uh, Same and thing we'll on Instagram, probably... by the way. But if you're going to tag uh, the Meme Realm, make sure you're tagging me in the actual post itself within the, within the photo or something. Because if you're just mentioning it in a comment, it won't show up. And that's happened a few times already. <laughs> Yeah, and then what we'll do is we'll take everybody who has shared and we will randomly choose somebody, uh, probably maybe on the next Soul Stream, and send this out to you with some Realmcast stuff also. So good luck. Let's get some some swag. Yanni, you hate that word, don't you? Yeah, I do, I do. It, it reminds me back in like, what was it? When did that word come about? 2010 or something? And everybody's like, I got swag. It's like, it might be <laughs> earlier, 2000s. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm actually, uh, we've already got a question from uh mike but we'll save that for when jeremy adams gets on the show uh that will be in that'll be soon i think that should be very soon we just want to get through the news first i think but to everybody who's on i see swag shit we all get i love it <laughs> oh that is what it was wasn't it I don't know. was that actually and, it i think so i it was an acronym <laughs> i think <laughs> um and also uh just in case you haven't heard the news, we do have a shop now. Uh, you can get some Realmcast merchandise uh, like this cool uh, mug we have. We also have t-shirts and other things. Um, so if you're interested in any of the stuff we got, please uh, come support the channel. Uh, anything we make off of it goes to kind of keeping this running and making sure that we give you guys the best content possible with uh, with what we have going on with Soulstream and the Realmcast. So yeah, check it out. It's been great seeing the, the response of the soul stream actually it's it's been it's uh something that everybody's been asking for and i've been quite excited for the second episode to go live since our first one <laughs> yeah uh, this, this is gonna be also good, good to have the, the store now as well with it it's, it's even better uh there's some cool stuff on there honestly uh so check it out let us know what you guys think if there's anything you know that you would like to see more of let us know as well so, so yanni what are we talking about today besides uh, of course things. Jeremy coming on in a few minutes. Well, yeah, we've got Jeremy coming on soon. Uh, we're going to be discussing... Oh, thanks, Monk. <laughs> we're going to be discussing um, uh, Snowblind, obviously, with Jeremy Adams. Uh, I take it everybody who will be joining has seen it and has questions. Sonic, hi, welcome. I see you there, and I know you have questions. You've got your list you've mentioned. <laughs> uh, but aside from Snowblind, we will be discussing the... Uh, 
I don't know if I want to call it this, the 30th Mortal Kombat anniversary celebration. Uh, so, you know, the videos, the uh, AMAs, the interviews, etc. We've also got the Mortal Kombat mobile update, uh, which we should probably should address because I do feel it's kind of important to the, to the future of Mortal Kombat in a certain sense. And uh, movie news as well as uh, news from both Ed Boon and John Tobias. And I love when I'm able to say that it's not just Ed Boon, it's also John Tobias in the news. You know, for a 30th anniversary, uh, like we've talked in private about how little we've gotten, but there have been a lot of interviews and, and like, you know, different mm, topics come out from, you know, from Ed and John. And uh, it's kind of relevant to everything Mortal Kombat 30th anniversary is not what we wanted. But uh, mm. it's still kind of exciting, you know, that they're breaking that silence that, I mean, they haven't really talked much in the last 10 years. So, <laughs> well, if you think about it, we do technically have a celebration package, I suppose. And I'm not talking about that steel book that nobody really cares about, as far as I can tell. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Snowblind. Snowblind itself basically released for the anniversary, in my opinion. And I'm very happy with that. I've... I think that that was a great way of going about it. Although, of course, you know, as Mortal Kombat fans, we all wanted a new game and everything. But at the same time, as you just said, Phantom, we have had a lot of communication from Ed Boon, and that's very different from what we're used to seeing. And mm -hmm. I mean, we normally get this kind of communication right around when a new game has been announced or is about to be announced. And regardless of whether or not we're actually going to get that, I mean, we've seen that that's not the case so far, at least. It's still good to have that communication. That's what we as Mortal Kombat fans have really been begging for over the past few years. Yeah, and it's there. Uh, so what, should we talk about that first? Or do you want to talk about the Steelbook collectible that everybody is really wanting? <laughs> I mean, I, well, we sort of addressed it last time anyway, I think. Uh, yeah, but they Steelbook. did put out a new video and they included... Uh, the acrylic thing. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you saw that. Um, I'm not sure. Show me or show yeah, us. <laughs> let me show you guys what we're expecting right now, which uh, for those who, who are Mortal Kombat collectors, this, this could be pretty interesting to you. Um, let's see. So future back, future, or excuse me, future pack and Nova box uh, is presenting their new stuff. And they released this little video clip kind of showcasing what you'll be getting. Um, so you have this acrylic uh, movie holder or game holder. I don't know. I guess you could put whatever you want on it. You could put little toys or tokens. Um, and they did a full breakdown of this PVC thingy. <laughs> uh, and this is the acrylic stuff that you're getting from them right now. So... As far as we know, and we mentioned this last time, this is the, really the only 30th anniversary merchandise that's coming out. And there's the steel book and the coin that we've kind of mentioned before. Oh, that's so, cool. I didn't know it could go inside like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice setup. It's a steel book. Um, if you collect steel books, like I got all the more come at Legends ones, but uh, this is going to be available. And uh, we have prices for it too. Let me show you guys that also for anybody who is interested in this um 
I don't know. Is there anybody like watching right now that really wants to know more about this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks all right. Like I don't fault people for for wanting it. Uh, and what twenty nine euros for that? Seriously? Uh, uh, let me see. I don't know if that includes everything. I guess so. Thirty six euros for various characters. Um, and the steelbook. Yeah, it comes with all that. Uh, Hell yeah! I'm grabbing one. <laughs> PS4 game. <laughs> That's not bad. And there's only a hundred of each uh, character, I think, is, is how they're doing it. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, uh, keep an eye out for it. Uh, I know Amazon is now uh, sending it out and or advertise or advertising on Amazon the the UK. So that is available for purchase or pre-order. I'm a bit confused by that though. It's, I mean, is it a US? celebration if so why is it in euros and if that's the case i wonder what the price is with shipping as well but uh, i love what mike said a 29 euro paperweight <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> and then uh let's see we got another comment here from mike mcdinet uh ouch and shipping from gb so uh, yeah exactly i haven't seen it sold in america yet so yeah you're probably gonna have to pay if you want it over here I mean, in Europe, 29 euros, that's actually not bad for a sort of celebration edition. But at this point in time as well, that's technically like half the price of the game. Mm -hmm. And it's scary that I'm saying that. I remember when games were 30 euros, but uh, <laughs> it's still it's still cool. I like the steelbook. I, I like collecting the steelbooks as well. And I like the, the, the blue uh, logo instead of the gold as well. That would be pretty cool because I know that for the, the collector's edition of Mortal Kombat 11, you've got the gold steelbook. If I remember correctly, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, I mean, it's been so long now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, euros, I remember when MK Conquest first came out, and I could only find it in Europe. I had to convert it to DVD port. Wow, man, that's that's uh, yeah, blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what else have we got, Yanni? Uh, we've got. Um, well, I, I kind of want to touch on this because it is pretty interesting. Do you remember? Back when MK21 came out on HBO Max and, you know, everybody was saying like, oh, it's, it's great. Like it's got all the viewers and everything. And I don't, I don't think that that's changed at all. But I remember that a lot of other statistics were coming out at the time and we were kind of confused as to how those numbers fit in that way. Yeah, we, we and we talked about it a little bit back then uh, on our mm. Bite Size episodes. Um well, why do you bring that up? <laughs> well, apparently, um, it looks like HBO's numbers uh, have been, well, misleading. They've been <laughs> giving fake numbers as far as I understood. And that has led to a lawsuit. Yep. Uh, so for people who are kind of following all this drama, uh, Discovery Channel and... Warner Brothers were merged to become Warner Brothers Discovery. And uh, yeah, the shareholders were kind of misled on these HBO Max numbers. Uh, the article specifically talks about subscriber numbers, but uh, who's to say it didn't affect everything else? Um, I mean, for streaming platforms, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat uh, and uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, like all these movies were huge during the pandemic as a streaming uh media so yeah um this news is out there i don't know if it's going to affect anything 
Mortal Kombat related, but uh, it is a very interesting read. So we'll probably leave links to these articles in our show notes. Uh, if you're interested, you can visit them at MortalKombatOnline.com or check us out on our YouTube channels and things like that. We'll kind of leave references so you guys can jump in and see what's going on. And see for yourself, because we may not have presented it the way that it actually is to, you know, the accurate down to the line detail. So just in case, have a look through it, uh, see for yourself what you think. Um, I know I'm, I'm sort of rubber banding between topics right now, but Ala Mohammed has just said something interesting. Speaking of collections, NRS still did not announce the 2021 movie alongside MK11 Ultimate Bundle. I thought that was officially announced. Yeah, I thought it was part of that uh, future pack, uh, but maybe I'm mistaken. Um, no, because the future pack is is um, just the game. It looks like yeah, it's the game as well as the acrylic stuff. Whereas this other pack that we talked about last time was actually Mortal Kombat 11 Steelbook, and then the movie, or was it the movie Steelbook? I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look that up or, you know, maybe check out our last whole stream episode where we went into that one in details because I don't remember off the top of my head now. Um, let's see. Mike is saying that it's a uh, Amazon exclusive release. So I, I think he's talking about that dual collection that you're referencing. Mm, possibly. That could be. That would make sense, actually. And yes, yeah. Merry Christmas, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have also got some interesting movie concept art that's recently come out and that's pretty cool considering you know the the whole well we're not sure if it's announcement or or not announcement yet uh regarding the movie but uh there's been some concept art regarding sub-zero kano and reptile have you seen that i have um let me pull that up so we can share this because this is interesting i think this was originally part of the uh kevin tachirian uh version of mortal kombat uh mm -hmm. which we've gone into much detail with bran uh mr midnight owl on this and uh it's it's cool <laughs> it's, it's so, pretty interesting yeah yeah so uh let's see uh long john silver on on reddit shared this and uh, it deserves a lot more posts but or upvotes and stuff like that but this is uh, original concept art from the canceled Mortal Kombat movie. Well, let's um, let's do the artist uh, some some. Uh, well, give him some credit. Let's use the link I just sent you actually instead, because okay. this is from the artist himself on his art station. Oh yeah, let me. Gerard Marantz, I think. All right, so. While the uh, Phantom gets that going, let's look at the comments. Smoke, I like the Steelbook movie game combo. Problem is nearly all of us already have both the game and the movie. Exactly. That's one of the things that we've been saying. It's it's such a pointless sort of celebra celebratory pack if everybody already has everything to it. This is more so just for collectors, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I think that's what they're trying to capitalize on is anybody who collects. That's why there's only 100 of these available, mm -hmm. uh, those Steelbook collections. So... Um, yeah, it's it's strictly for collectors. Um, and the thing is, I feel like you could find the same sort of thing on fan selling sites like Etsy and things like that. Um, but you know, it, the the steel book's cool. I, I think that's the only thing worth it if you're a Mortal Kombat yeah. collector. Agreed. But yeah, let's... looking boss here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is. A very different take on Sub Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, it looks what like I, it was sort of in the middle of the cyberization process. Yeah, it could be. What I think my most interested picture from all this is the Kano versus Reptile fight. Uh, because as we mentioned about with the Mortal Kombat 2021 movie, is that what it was, or 2020? Um, the live action movie, a lot of the stuff in there was kind of left over from the earlier scripts. And here we see Kano and Reptile duking it out. And I think some of that was left over from, uh, I mean, this is concept from what it could have been like in the original script. So, uh, yeah, and it's then pretty interesting to see. And then, this, yeah, this, this reptile image is, is pretty cool. It's a very different take on the reptile from rebirth. If you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I, 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 am I thinking reptile or am I thinking, oh no, Baraka and reptile were both in the rebirth trailer, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, and let me go ahead and cut this short because we got Jeremy Adams joining to answer some questions and we'll jump oh, right early. back. Yeah, we'll jump right back into the Mortal Kombat news here in a second so you guys can see everything else that we have going on. But let's go ahead and welcome Jeremy. Oh, hey! Hey! <laughs> hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Is that, that exciting enough uh, entrance scream? I uh, <laughs> I was uh, my way back here from a, a parent-teacher thing, bombing down the roads of Los Angeles. Get out of the way! I gotta go to Realmcast! Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Like, we're super excited to talk about yeah. everything that you've been up to, which, I mean, there's some been some huge news this week, which we haven't even mentioned yet on our show. So we're excited to bring that up. Great. Yeah, no, I mean, news that was sprung on me. Uh, oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I don't know if you saw any of the footage from New York Comic Con, but I had just gotten through explaining to people that the margin between us being able to do more of these is, is really quite slim. And uh -huh. uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a huge contingent of people that pirate this stuff. And I'm like, but you gotta buy it because that's the only way we get to do these again. And I had just finished yeah. this like passionate, heartfelt plea, knowing that we had done a Johnny Cage movie, but also like, we wanna do more. And, <laughs> and then Rick, Rick, the producer you know, is like, well, actually, and I was like, wow, that just meant nothing. I just said, and he's like, uh, <laughs> announcing the new Johnny Cage movie, you know? That's awesome. I didn't see the actual video of it. So you didn't know going in that no, they were going to be in the crowd of thousands. I'm like, there you go again, because that's if you didn't know in the audio commentary tracks for the movies. Rick thinks it's really funny not to show me the completed movie until we do the audio. Con audio. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this last time with yeah. us. Yes, yeah. I remember this. So, so <laughs> he's constantly doing that to me, and I'm like, if you do that with Johnny Cage, I will kill. I will commit a fatality on you. Like I can't. <laughs> I, I really want to, you know, be focused on on giving the listener really interesting tidbits behind the scenes of the movie i can't be reacting to somebody's brain matter exploding into somebody else's face you know? <laughs> jeremy well, um and, and just so, just so our fans are aware jeremy's video is a little bit laggy there's been a couple comments about that um yeah, but I'm sorry it's okay we're, we're just glad to have you oh good <laughs> yeah i like the background by the way oh thank you yeah I have a big old green screen i got at the beginning of covid because i thought well this might be here a while <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So let's talk about Snowblind, first of all. Um, so if anybody wants to drop some questions in the chat, please feel free to. You can do so on realmcast.com, our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, Facebook, Mortal Kombat Meme Realm, um, wherever you'd like. Uh, just go ahead and connect with us and start leaving your questions. And we'll kind of go through it, and uh, we'll ask some of our owns to kind of kick things off. Yanni, would you like to go ahead? Yeah, cool. So uh, firstly, congratulations. It's... it's uh been quite a success with the community as far as uh, as we can tell everybody has i i've barely i don't think i've seen a, a single negative comment actually regarding snowblind and that's oh, yeah kind of huge oh you have of course you <laughs> have <laughs> i have yes yes no i'm glad i mean listen i think it's it's a weird thing because obviously with scorpion's revenge um i think it started out really strong and we had we had to change some things in that script, but it still came out, I think, really well. And then the second one, I think I told you this last time, you know, we ended up cutting 40 pages from the script. Mm, and so yeah. you know, there was a huge contingent of it. So it, I think I think it felt rushed to us. And there I, and I know there was a lot of negative negativity on it. And I was like, that's not that's not totally what that movie was, but it, to have another bite of the apple and be like, no, 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 we wanted to do something else and try to make a story that kind of pays attention to some other characters and just, you know, make it, we just think it was a good story, you know? And it also, if you've seen it, and I'm sure we're gonna be talking spoilers in the, to a degree, you know, there's some twists and turns that kind of folded into kind of video game continuity in a way. And um, yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad people like it is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it's it's probably, I mean, I, I liked Scorpion's Revenge. We talked about it. The few things I didn't like about it, uh, but with Snowblind, you had creative uh, the ability to be more creative with it, and that's you know it, it made it more fun, uh, and it made it like not having to stick to the lore because of what you did. It it made it more enjoyable to me in a way. And this is you know me and Yanni, we love the lore, so this is come this phrase or me saying this means a lot to to throw that out there <laughs> oh good i'm glad so we've got right. some questions coming yeah. in already uh, although the, uh, i think it might be how, how to... delayed yes. am i still, by the way i'm i'm like maybe uh, i should try to lower the video resolution or I'm yeah not, your video is delayed but your audio is good your audio is good yeah what if i do this and i do this let's see what happens i'm playing with your your functions i've never <laughs> all right let's see no right, i'm see, still played slightly better but okay all right if i stay still and i just make one facial expression <laughs> and it will always look everybody's gonna think played. this this is all actually pre-recorded and we're just very good at uh matching up <laughs> with your <laughs> yeah the script no, is, I, is perfect i hate it too i'm like this is driving me crazy. I want to be in real time. Okay. <laughs> that, it's right, good because right. your scream at the beginning like caught me completely off guard. I knew you were joining, but I was like, where is he? Oh. <laughs> All right, let's let's get All right, should we jump? Yeah. All right. So let's see. Mike uh says, when creating writing the legend stories, do you have a listing of characters you like to appear in the film? And then some that you push for as cameos. Uh, in all three, there have been almost non-speaking Mortal Kombat cameos. Uh, Nitara and 
uh, Scorpion's Revenge, Lee May in Battles of Realm, and Daru slash. Uh, Wait, let me see. Daru and Quan Chi. I think he means Chi, uh, Drummond in this one. Just wondering if those are his calls or who makes those decisions. Sometimes it's my calls, and sometimes it is put in there like Natara. Like uh, that. That was a storyboard move. I think that was one of the storyboard guys put it in, or it was Rick or Ethan. I'm not entirely sure. So sometimes we'll put them in, and sometimes uh, the guys that take the script will will put them in. It depends also on how how much fodder they need, you know, like death they need in the background. It's much better to put in a character that is somewhat known than just, you know, nebulous, faceless guy number three, right? <laughs> and, um, and so it, it depends. It's a back and forth. I mean, animation is extremely collaborative. And so we have kind of conversations about it. There are characters I push for, like Aaron Black, I knew was going to be in this particular one because I think his character, um, you know, absolutely calls for it in kind of a spaghetti Western aspect of post-apocalyptic whatever. And um, that was really uh, that was really important. And but the minute we started focusing on, you know, King Kano, we the Kano cut scene, you know, is really where we started um, throwing in. That kind of became the framework for the story we we're going to tell. It was the cut scene of Kano winning, and you know, being able to manipulate the world into whatever he wants. We're like, oh, this is amazing. You know, Chronica and all that stuff lends itself to this kind of weird world building multiverse of Mortal Kombat. And in, you know, that's just one of the things like I see this question of uh, uh, can we give Kung Lao some respect in the future? I mean, it's one of those things where when you play the game, you don't think about it, but you're killing these main characters depending on who you play. Mm -hmm. And so making a movie that reflects the violent nature of the game, you have to kill people doing it. Right. Um I'll tell you, I I did pitch the Great Kung Lao. I wanted to do a story about the Great Kung Lao that I thought would be really really cool. Oh, um, and that'd be awesome. I made a list of about six or seven. Oh, let me let me just tell you the story of us. The story is we did Moral Screens Revenge and Battle of the Realm. We really thought that was it. They were that was that was all we we're going to do. It was successful enough that we get this call. I get this call from like the president of Warner Brothers Animation. They're like, hey, this this did really well for us. We'd love to be able to do a couple more, but we want them to be totally different. We want them to be not in the same uh, you know, vein as the other two, like to be direct sequels right away. And so I said, Okay, great. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a list of like six, six ideas. And one of them was this. Uh, you know, was snow blind. And the, and one of them was the Johnny Cage. The Johnny Cage was funny because, and I'll, this is the first time I've told this story out loud. Um, uh, there was an executive that said, I don't want, I don't, we, do, we can't do this one. And I said, um, it was the one I really wanted to do. And I said, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's just keep it on the list. And then I just went back and I made that thing glow. So that <laughs> I sent it up the ladder. Everybody's like, well, let's do that one. And I was like, yeah, we are. And, <laughs> and so I'm, I, I feel like Johnny Cage is going to be great. Joel McHale is an incredible Johnny Cage. And um, all I can tell you about it is that <laughs> I don't know if anybody will like it, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely bananas. 
And I think what we tried to do with this movie is try to open up the idea that there can be multiple versions of the story, even within the main continuity, because I already mm -hmm. know in a lot of ways how I would fold these back into main Mortal Kombat continuity in a way. Okay. And, and in my mind, I, I like understand what that is. And the great thing is in the games, they've done similar things as well. You know, whether it's casting back from the future to the past, all that stuff. I, I know that there's ways to do it. So, Well, I mean, yeah. we're sort of jumping straight right. to the end in a way of Snowblind. But yeah, I mean, so, we've right, seen right. that you know exactly how to, to bring it back in already. So I'm very curious to see how you managed to do so with the with the Johnny Cage movie. I mean, well, the Johnny Cage I, movie, I just, I think we should all be prepared for something that's just peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to give us a sort of basic premise to it or is this all you can not say? At all. I, not at all. I, I would be killed. <laughs> all I know is that I love it so much that um, it's one of those things that even if everybody hates it, I, I don't care because I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm not concerned personally because I have seen firsthand now with three movies. And yes, okay, Battle of the Realms last 19 minutes, as we said, was rushed. But yeah. that's because of what was cut. I've yeah. seen three movies worth now of your writing. And I can tell that you have that passion, not just from watching, but also talking to you and how you talk about it. I'm not concerned. If anything, I'm very excited. So right. that's pretty awesome. Okay. Have, has it been announced when it's supposed to be releasing or is that still... Off the... No, it hasn't been it hasn't been announced, and honestly, they keep me in the dark so much that I wouldn't know. I mean, I <laughs> I, I have a general idea, but I can't. I can't again. I can't say. Um, I will tell you that Yanni's wrote... Yanni's working hard today to get some. Careful! I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> last time you guys were digging, and I was I was just like, well, you know, giving a little too much. Um, I. Uh, I, I will tell you that I I wrote this script quite a while ago, so mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, but there you go. Cool. All right. Well, how about we jump into a question that is not trying to dig into you? Uh, yeah. Let's go with Smoke's question. Smoke412, what was your favorite part about working on Snowblind? Also, was there any character that you were particularly excited about that was in the film? Um, my part was the... We're all good with spoilers, right? Yeah, this is a spoiler full conversation, everybody. Okay. I think we can assume that. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we warned you to watch Snowblind before you jumped on this okay, episode. Great. So <laughs> we warned you to buy it so that we can get more. Yeah. <laughs> was that in the um, you know writing the kunai in the background yes. and then um, having the moment where Sub Zero summons Scorpion for me was super cool because that's so far into the the movie i think people you know hopefully were surprised like holy crap that just happened and there's in there's much more in us talking about what that meant in terms of backstory is this kind of this promise that sub-zero made or you know made scorpion make that's basically like if i use my powers again i it's gonna i'm gonna end up you know, totally derailing and, and, and get out of control. And you, your job is basically to, to take me. It's to mm -hmm. take me. And, and he says like, have you done it? You know, have you, and he's like, not yet, 
because he knows what's about to come and he knows it's going to be like, <laughs> there's no coming back from it. And I, I love that kind of shared history between the two and the unspoken history between the two there. Um, and so that was, that was my favorite, that was my favorite part. And I just say that in terms of like all the character work and other stuff that happens in the movie, I really, really love, but there's something about that moment that I was like, this is badass. And I originally wrote it. <laughs> I wanted him to light the whole place on fire. And I wanted it to be like this, this flame dragon in the shape of mortal Kombat and uh, uh, you know, dragon. And then uh, Rick was like, no, 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 we're not doing the crow. <laughs> we're not doing the crow. <laughs> Yeah. flicking and a I, cigarette in I, yeah, I was like okay but uh, other than that I really liked I love Kenshi uh, one of the reasons we wanted to fold Kenshi is, is that the, the character design is so strong the trope of like the blind swordsman is such a cool thing and then when you when you read his biography you're like this is really weird you know with the Shang Tsung pretending to be Song all that stuff and mm -hmm. Uh, well, the crow is awesome. I agree, Eddie. That's why I, I mentioned it. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, so we, once we figured out that it was going to be like, there was a couple things we knew that we wanted it to do kind of like the older sub zero, because we felt like we didn't get to concentrate on sub zero as much in the first two, obviously. And we knew that was going to be the case. And then as I was, you know, digging in and saw the cutscene for Kano, it was like, oh, this is going to be great because you don't think of Kano as the big bad. You think Shang Tsung's the big bad. And so then mm -hmm. when we, when we did, we knew Kenshi would fit this world and we, and we did Kenshi's origin, it all started kind of like seamlessly being put together. You know, it's this weird moment in writing where you're just like, I'm taking things that exist already, but now we're putting it into one story. And, and you know, a lot of that stuff is already, was already created from Netherrealm. You know, the, the, the origin of Kenshi and his sword and, and Shang Tsung tricking him and the stuff with, uh, you know, Kano, you know, making the world the way it is. And we just kind of fleshed out the more character-driven moments of that and then you know, I wrote a ton of violence and then they uh, illustrated the violence and made it even more violent than what I had put down. So it all works together. Well, jumping back to um, yeah. what you mentioned about Scorpion, I would like to take this moment to address the fact that you totally got me. Because if you remember on our last episode together, I straight up said, I don't know how you managed to get a movie without Scorpion in it. And yeah. you, you you held your, you, you kept that poker face. You did it so well. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Moments that Kenji sense that um, that dagger or kunai really on yeah. the wall. I was like, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> that was such a cool moment, man. <laughs> I was like, yes, bring him back. Scorpion. Scorpion. When, he bad starts, when he just starts, you know, it's like, like you know, Kenji's getting, you know, crucified. And then that the the cold air comes out of the mouth, and you're just like, yes, yes, you know what's <laughs> coming, you know? Oh yeah, so, Kenshi even lost his his fingers like Yakuza style, and I was like, like what? How are we coming back from this? <laughs> I, yeah, I know. But then we, honestly, yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird thing for me. I don't know if you ever read the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, one of my favorite series ever. And Roland the gunslinger loses some fingers, and I was just so like, ugh, lost his <laughs> fingers. You just feel so like, oh how. 
I hate that, you know. <laughs> Man, he's got to tell He's good. <laughs> All right, who else do we got here, Yanni? Uh, we got Allah Muhammad at one twenty-three fourteen on on you know the timestamps here. Uh, um, Jeremy, first off, thanks for this movie. It was really great. My first question was this movie a sequel for battle of the realms and how did you connect the events with screenshots from mk11 on the hourglass um it is a sequel but only in an abstract way like the idea that here's the, here's the real rub of it uh wait i'm trying to think if i say this now does this come back to haunt me in the future you know uh, <laughs> the real question is is this a sequel or is this the original movie and Scorpion's Revenge is a sequel? You know, yeah. that's the real question. The real question is where is this take place? And when you, when you're talking about Chronica and stuff, it's like, well, you know, it could, it could come before those things, uh, potentially in some ways. I, I, that's the best way I could say it. How do I connect the events with the screenshots? Um, very carefully i guess you know i mean that's that's the hard thing with mortal Kombat. i think as somebody that was very familiar with the first couple games but as the games went on the mythology got bigger and denser and you know even in the second battle of the realms i think i got too aggressive trying to explore you know one god and a comedy and all that stuff that like no one knows unless you're playing the games really closely um it's hard because you know there's a great deal of fans and you're trying to make people that love it respect what you're doing but you also don't want to go so far afield that they feel alienated from it and um it's super hard i mean i'm a nerd i get angry at everything i get angry <laughs> funny it's like i i, I see some people mad because they're like uh Oh, they made this character a different race or whatever. It's like I get mad when they have different hair color. You know, it's like, <laughs> like I get mad. You know, it's so stupid, but like that's who we are. We love what we love, and it's like, no, he's not a natural redhead. You know, and you're like, this is trash. You know, that's that's how I am, anyways. How did you feel uh, personally about the uh, redesigns of, of characters like Cobra and uh, and Kira? I mean, I. I knew that they had to be redesigned in a certain way, just because we were dealing with kind of this weird post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't that concerned with it because um, I can barely trust myself, showing that the character designers <laughs> and the artists are going to be a thousand percent better, and they're going to go, "Hey, this looks good." I'll be like, "Yeah, I guess it does." You know, like what? What do I know? Honestly, <laughs> you know. Um, I just I'm more concerned about where they fit within the and I'm. And again, they're going to change just because we're dealing with this post-apocalyptic reimagining of Kano, you know, that has he's put together. And we don't know how many mm -hmm. times together, you know, it could he's groundhog dig this thing. So <laughs> going back to uh, Allah's question, uh, somebody also asked this on Twitter, it, it, and I don't know if this is something you can answer or not, but does this take place before or after Mortal Kombat 11? in your head canon at least um 
you're gonna have to refresh me in a second. Mortal Kombat 11 is where the cutscenes from, right? Yeah, and you know it ended with uh, Liu Kang right. taking control of the, of the hourglass. Right, 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 right. Exact uh, same time in a way. Yeah, I'm that's kind of what remember. I was curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember because when I'm and I saw the cutscene is that if Kano got a hold of it, that was MK11 though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. and that was one of his right, the yeah. endings. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, so technically, I guess it, it takes place after, but can't it to me, because really, <laughs> we're dealing now with it with Mortal Kombat. We are dealing with some sort of multiversal, yeah, decision, as it is, you know. So they need to have like right. a crisis on Mortal Kombat Earth, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so we can just consolidate to a one, uh, you know, one world scenario. Yeah, we need to sort it all out <laughs> in some <laughs> convoluted way. <laughs> uh, okay, so next question comes from uh, Sonic XD. Hey, Mr. Adams, the art style in the movie is really different from the previous two. Yeah. What's the reason for that? Um, that was a request. Um, there oh, yeah. was a, a request from higher up that they wanted it to be different in design and um, story. They They just wanted it to be not more of the same and the rationale was <clears throat> that they just wanted to give the fans a little taste of something different within the context of combat but it was also very specific to so that we can hopefully revisit it all again in a way now rick i think in his mind he was always very much like no these are all part of the same universe but you know the higher up want it what the higher ups want and our job is to try to execute it but also make it still relatable to the other two movies because it's still branded mortal Kombat legends so in mm -hmm. our eyes it's like it's still part in some way but you know and, and and if you're a logic weirdo like me you're thinking well that's that's because the universe was created in a different fashion than the other universe or the other universe was in a different fashion after that universe so Uh, so let's see. We got a lot of questions that are kind of getting. Yeah, I'm trying to pick one actually. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll just knock them out. I see Dark Raiden. I can't tell. I can't speak to anything because honestly, after Johnny Cage, I'm being serious. I don't have. I haven't been approached or anything like that. My hope is that these become ridiculously blo big blockbusters, and I can do these every year for the next forty years. You know. Uh, plenty of ideas, and Netherrealm has left us with a thousand stories that have yet to have been told, you know? Well, but it sounds like people really dark raiding, so. Oh, yeah. Everybody listens to That is yeah. for sure. I, I'm very curious, though, because of the sort of direction that they took with dark raiding in the games and the fact that, I mean, well, I like your writing, and you're obviously very keen on continuing to write for, the, for Mortal Kombat Legends. Now, this, this is sort of a two-pronged question here, because I saw this question come up earlier. I'm not sure who asked it, sorry. But one is, uh, would you... Actually, I've totally forgotten it while I was saying that. Okay, let's go with the original question, uh, which is, um, would you ever consider writing for the games if approached in that sense? Or would you prefer to stick with Mortal Kombat Legends? And the second question I just remembered before I forget is, would you consider making this a series or sticking with it as a movie? Um. Uh, you know, there's this there's this country song that says, "If you've got the money, honey, I got the time." That's <laughs> much, uh, 
you know, I'm a freelance writer and right now I'm, you know, I'm writing the flash comic book and writing some animated stuff. And if somebody came and said, Hey, do you want to write some Mortal Kombat video games? Are you kidding me? Of course I would. Uh, it would be, it would be such an honor because I haven't really done video games. So, I mean, I did a little bit of video game stuff, but not really. And the idea that, and I have a lot of ideas, so I could contribute in that way. I would, it's, it's just, it would be a unique challenge. I would love to do something like that. But I also recognize that those guys, um, they probably have their own crew and stuff and, and they do great work. But yes, I would absolutely love it. As far as the video game, same answer. You got the money, I got the time. Like if they said, hey, we want to do a Mortal Kombat series, I'd be like, that's an excellent idea. Here's five seasons. Like, you know, I would be all in on um, writing innumerable amounts because, hey, it would be fun. And you get you would be able to explore much more of the universe. I don't know if people would be satisfied with the series, though. I think people would be, I think that's an area where people might get annoyed at how you try to serialize Mortal Kombat and and maybe the the changes you would have to do in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I would do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would do it. I would take the punishment. I would I would take the hate, <laughs> but I would do it. I would love to be able to do it if I could start at like uh, I can't say that either. Never mind. But I would do it. <laughs> So, all right. Well, there's a question here from Eddie Hurta saying, was anyone else hoping that Kenshi would fight Ermac in this movie? And that actually does relate back to a conversation we had on the last episode with you. So we were considering the idea that Ermac would appear, considering his whole origin story. But you managed to give us a very, very sort of true to canon Kenshi origin story, just right. missing Ermac in a way. Right. So what was the idea behind leaving Ermac out here? I, I think it's just the context of the world. I don't think he fits necessarily in in this post-apocalyptic world in the way that we wanted him to um, for Kenshi. I think that you we had, what is it, 79 minutes? I mean, it's such a small yeah. amount of time. And so, you're, so in my head, I'm dealing with three character stories. I'm dealing with Kenshi's story in terms of his origin, but the betrayal of Shang Tsung in that moment and and what that what that story is actually about is ego versus humility and then taking that humility and standing up for people right and it coincides with old man sub zero's story which is the you know the other story that i'm i'm servicing and then there's Kano's story so adding more story on top of that becomes then then this is the problem this is the problem i got into with battle of the realms I'm like, here's 12 stories. I'm going to cram into 79 minutes, and uh, and none of that works out well. So at least we learned the lesson, right? <laughs> like, like honestly, I think the script on, on on Battle of the Realms, I think it ended up being like 120 pages, like ridiculously over over what it should have been. And I think on this one, we ended up like 85 pages. So you know the these various stories that you're talking about, as you're kind of mentioning them, I'm I'm reliving them in my head and. I got to say that Shang Tsung storyline was so brutal and just kind of hit me right here because like Shang Tsung finally reemerges in his glory. And then yes. you had bored God Kano just kind of get excited about it. Just, yes. Oh, it was, it was I great. Mean, <laughs> that's, I, that's, I know for me as a writer and 
a lot of my work reflects this, whether it's Supernatural crossing over with Scooby-Doo or on The Flash, I made an issue where you have to like turn it upside down and like do this quirky stuff. It's like, I really want to do stuff that's kind of surprising. And I knew Shang Tsung was going to power, but but we wanted to convince the audience, like, of course he is. He's he's Shang, like Shang Tsung, that's what's going to happen. And at that point in the movie, you don't know that Kano is as strong as he is. Right. There's no I'm reason right. for it. Like, like, like this, is, this is not Kano. Kano is not strong. <laughs> so when Kano kills him, you're like, as an audience member going, what the hell is going on? Like, that's what you want to feel. Like, what is happening? And so when we reveal what's happening, um, especially for the hardcore fans that know what the hourglass is and stuff, it's like, oh shoot, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, this is this okay. This makes sense. So, um, yeah, that kind of ties me into the next question here. Um, you know, with with Kenshi, you told Kenshi's story. I mean, that is his story from from beginning to end. And you know, the the lore focused fans really appreciated that. We got a question here from Katana Fan Realm. It says, "Shout out to your version of Kenshi's character arc being close to his canon." accurate one but within new circumstances did you consult anybody from nrs this time or did you write the script on your own no we we always dominic um netherum and, and ed boone um would send drafts of notes and everything to them and they would give us like a heads up or whatever luckily i had done a lot of my homework and by this point they they've really shown a lot of faith in, in me and rick and um they've been very very kind and just and they would say hey maybe this characterization is a little off or maybe this but they've been incredibly helpful and incredibly supportive because i think at the end of the day i think they what they recognize is that we value their opinion we want to honor what they've done and and i think that's the hard part with adaptation sometimes it's like sometimes there's people like i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna pay attention to what was done before and that's not that's not our attitude going into it. We may succeed sometimes, we may not succeed sometimes, but that's our attitude is always like, we've got to respect what this is. And and it's a bit of a challenge. But yeah, they they uh, consulted with us the, the whole way through. So, it, you know, it's a, it was a really great mutual relationship. Cool. Yanni, you want to grab the next one? Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say before moving to the next, uh, well, question or rather comment, I very much liked how you sort of did that, uh, where you kind of messed with us, uh, with, with yeah. Shang Tsung actually getting his power, sort of reverting back to the previous conversation you were having. But I was watching Shang Tsung like, going crazy. I, I, I laughed when, when Cobra got, took the blast to the chest. <laughs> uh, I was like, yes, 3D can Oh! <laughs> but um, I, I really appreciated how you sort of... Um, surprised us because I remember watching Shang trying to take Kano's soul and then I'm saying, oh, I, what was it? I sold my soul a long time ago or something. And I was like, yeah. in my head, I'm like, that's not how it works. And then later you show us that he's fully cyberized. And I remembered that Sector, Cyrax pretty much lost their souls, Smoke too, without uh, Sub-Zero's help getting it back. And I was like, he did his homework. He really knows, <laughs> you know? So that's right, just I'm what I mean, it's hard, dude. I mean, there's so, so <laughs> many balls to juggle with that. It's really, really hard. 
Not, not, that's me saying you did it. That's me saying thank you. Like you're, you're, you're so far, like everything I've seen, you're really trying to get everything in there. And I know, again, we keep bringing this up, Battle of the Realms, lots of people were unhappy because of the, the, the cut content. You tried to tell a story that many people do want to see. Yes, it, right. was, it had a lot in it. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, it got cut and you have a certain runtime to deal with. But I fully believe that if you had had the full runtime as per the script that you had written, everybody would be saying that Battle of the Realms might have been the best of the movies. Just because I know you went through the exact sort of topics that people wanted to see. I hope so. I mean, like I said, it's it, it was also like we just only we had we thought we had two movies and it was like we wanted to be, we wanted to take some of the bigger elements of Mortal Kombat and kind of explore them quickly. And that was hard because there's a lot of big elements, you know, like the yeah. one being like, like I said, the comedy, all that stuff is so crazy because it just, it can get, it really is one, each of those are like one story. And then we, we threw them all in one, <laughs> <Which is nuts. laughs> you know, and that's the same thing. Like I would love to explore you know, kind of the fall of Adenia. I would love to explore all these, all, there's so many other aspects of Mortal Kombat. The only hard part, the, the real hard part is, like you said, every character is somebody's favorite character. And the reality is that when you're dealing with Mortal Kombat, people got to die, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you got it, you got to figure out who you're going to die, <laughs> you know? And, and that sucks <laughs> because it's like a lot of time, a lot of people. Uh, yeah, Boe Cho, I had that. I had him in a um, a version. We were going to do these mini, these short Mortal Kombat things that led up to Scorpion's Revenge when originally that was one of the characters that was going to be in there. And um, huh. and we had stuff like that that we were adding. So. What, what happened to those shorts? Uh, money. It ended up being like they—they they were like we're just going to do the the feature, and we're not going to do the small. And it was, and they were, they were awesome. I'm not going to lie; they were written by some incredible writers that I know. Um, too incredible. Like I read those, and I was like, "What am I doing?" You know. Uh, <laughs> but they were—they were really cool, and we had we had like little vignettes that were leading up to. One of them was, I mean, we were going to really expound a little further Sonia and her journey into Mortal Kombat at that time. And um, there was there was just some neat stuff. So. All right. Well, there's, there's a pretty cool question here from, well, SB. Uh, Mortal Kombat media usually tends to focus on mortals, and the characters yeah. like Raiden or Shinnok usually take the back seat. Would you ever be interested in writing a story focused on the MK gods? Oh, yeah. That would be cool. I mean, I when I grew up, there was all these cool things like... Um, there was always like Greek mythology movies, you know, there's Hercules with, you know, Lou Ferrigno or something, but there were always these kind of like the pantheon gods and different things like that. I think it'd be really interesting. And you're right. I haven't seen, I like, see, I like stuff like that. But the thing is, um, legally, I'm not supposed to take ideas. So we'll never get to see it because you just did it now. Just kidding. That's <laughs> yeah, a great idea. Really cool. I was going to go into another question. I'm like, Oh, you know, mentioning Shang Tsung's Kung Fu prowess could, if I ask that question, could throw off our next movie. So I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Johnny's set in stone, but um, I really like Shang Tsung. I think 
I that there was a Shang Tsung story that I pitched and they um, they didn't pick um, only because I think the other like the Snow Blind and Johnny Cage, which is bananas, uh, kind of uh, stuck out to them. All right, here's a good one we got. Uh, so Mr. 47 says, Sub-Zero is considered uh, the person who has the most relationships with most of the characters. Why did he choose Kenshi in particular to form a uh, duet with Sub-Zero? I think he's asking, why did you choose uh, yeah. Kenshi? Because they both have great singing voices, and a duet <laughs> is... is uh, honestly, uh, there were there were multiple factors. It was the factor of his or Kenshi's origin story, fit within the context of the environment that we are telling the old Sub-Zero story and the Kano story. And then it really fit into the idea of not revealing exactly what's going on to the audience. Um, and and we wanted to have Shang Tsung and that twist in there. And it's like, well, if it's Kano, how do we throw people off the scent? And how is it that you know, you don't immediately think Shang Tsung's the biggest threat. And as we started thinking about that, and I, as I was doing, you know, at this point, I've absorbed a lot of Mortal Kombat and I, so much Mortal Kombat that I'm not sure where it's from within the continuity of the games. So there's a certain element of like, oh, we knew we were going to, we, we knew we wanted to do Kenshi because we knew Kenshi would fit within kind of a post-apocalyptic environment with the sword and the all that stuff and the Shang Tsung element. And I don't really remember if it was the chicken or the egg. I just remember that the Shang Tsung part of it was like, this is going to be a great twist in so much that we all think that Shang Tsung's going to kill, you know, Kano. And then it was like, oh, no, we're going to on its head. And that's when everybody's, what is happening? And that, like I said, as, as somebody watching the audience, I, I love that. So it, it just fit within the context is really the answer to the question, I guess. <laughs> Continuing on with Sub-Zero, there's a very, very good question here from Sonic IXD. I, I like this one. Uh, Kwai Liang said, I thought the worst thing that I could become was my brother. Could you elaborate on that since we've never really seen Bihan in this series properly? Yeah, I mean, there, there's, again, that was like me, uh, like taking in so much of Mortal Kombat continuity and just how, how dark the brother could get. And it was kind of like, I don't want to become that thing. And uh, it, 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 part of it is when you're writing, it's sort of like even with the, the Scorpion thing, I want to hint at a history that we haven't seen. I don't necessarily want to spell it out. I want, a, I want people that are really knowledgeable of the characters to go, oh, you know, you know this character came back from the dead and was possessed, like all that stuff that happened and, and fill in some of that stuff. Some of it's best left unsaid because you want to draw your own conclusions. You want, I don't, it, it would have been so boring if I explained the deal between Scorpion and Sub-Zero in ad nauseum and this is what happened. And I honestly think that would have been boring. It's much more epic to be like, you know, did you do it? You know, I got to take you. It's like, no, not yet. We're going to go nuke these people. And then you can take me to hell, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I, it's one of those things. Sub-Zero 
is such a huge character in its different iterations. And 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 it's smart. I mean, because the video game is like, we got to bring this awesome character back over and over again, you know? So we got to make this character do this and this character. And it's the, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things you could explore that for multiple movies, you know? Was the idea of uh, including Kronika's Hourglass in the movie, was that well received by a lot of the fans? Or was it something that, you know, only the Mortal Kombat 11? That's not something that. Um, I I haven't necessarily heard people hating it. I have heard people saying like, oh, snap, that makes sense now. Like that Mm -hmm. was kind of like the MacGuffin that made them go, oh, now I kind of understand how this could have happened. But yeah, yeah. But I haven't. Mostly it's been like, oh, this is cool. You know, oh, this this is better, (laughs) you know, or whatever. (laughs) So that's that's gratifying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I imagine so as somebody who, you know, like you had a lot of backlash from different aspects of the other movies. But now, like we mentioned earlier, you got more freedom because of the hourglass. So that's cool to hear. Right. And I'm going to squander it all in Johnny Cage. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's what you've been waiting for anyways. We all know that. (laughs) Exactly. uh... Boom. At least I think you'll laugh. That's all I, which is weird to say about it. Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, you'll have a, a great time. <laughs> we got a question from Corn Combat. He says, will Mortal Kombat cage match be in the art style of the first two Legend films or be like Snowblind? Um, I don't know if I can say this because okay. I, it, it'll be animated. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's in, if it's in Legends format, I think you can I think you can intuit that will be similar in some ways. All right. I see your katana thing. I think I just misspoke in that particular uh, interview. And gosh darn it, if you miss if you misspeak in regards to continuity, that thing will haunt you till the end of time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yanni Silent judged you the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's like it's one of those things. It's like it, when you read. The fall of a genius and like and i'm trying to remember what where i had read like pieces of it because i feel like there's there is two different continuities for katana in a way and i could be mistaken but i remember like there was one that she was like brainwashed but there was another one where she wasn't and she was just fooled and I'm, i i can't remember exactly where i went but i gotta tell you i hit half a dozen wikipedia you know mortal combat sites trying to figure out the exact right thing but i probably just misspoke in the interview and then of course you know somebody's then i get all the katana hate <laughs> in the world and i'm just like i don't know what to tell you guys like i swear to you if we did a katana movie it wouldn't have a mistake like that so <laughs> but i mean i don't know people were angry because it's like oh she's leading this and and there was still more to their, you know, Luke King and her love story. And, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, but whatever. <laughs> and that, oh, that's that a good comment one. came in Sorry. from Katana fan realm. Just uh, so you definitely have a Katana expert on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it, it would be one of those things, especially if we were telling the story a certain way. Um, I would I would be doing an even deeper dive. It's hard. I mean, like, again, not only... I'm not an expert. I'm trying my best. And then I have different levels of people that are kind of checking me. So mm-hmm. 
Luke King will die of her. <laughs> that, that, uh, that I need I need that because I don't get it right all the time and hopefully you know my hope is why my hope is this is that uh, I would get a little grace in some of those things <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a couple of very good questions from Smoke412 you, you're on fire with these but uh, one of them here is regarding Tremor I wanted to tell Jeremy thanks for giving my boy Tremor the justice he deserves with that said, my heart broke to see Roman got, got tossed around like a rag doll. <laughs> the Trevor, right I, because Trevor needs more attention. He was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was just a cool thing because it was like, you know, it's it's kind of a action movie trope. It's like we wanted to take this guy, you know, take Kenshi, who just had was so full of ego, and finally, like, what do you do when you're like, I've spent my life becoming this great martial artist, and somebody comes in with powers? You know, it just like ruins oh, yeah. your day. You know, it's like <laughs> if you've ever seen those old those martial art videos, there's tons of them where you would have those kung fu guys that like they would have disciples that would like swing at them and they would just stand there and they oh they would like fall backwards like they didn't even touch the guy and they 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 had like fooled themselves into thinking yeah this guy could really psychically knock these people backwards and then suddenly that guy's in a room with an MMA guy. And the MMA guy just like clocks him over the face. And then you just realize everything you believed is wrong, you know? And I think I think that was kind of the humility that he needed to have. And so when I wrote Tremor, it was much different though when I saw him, the way that they designed him and stuff was kind of spooky. It was really cool. But in the end, they went with an MKX uh, look for him. Yeah, so yeah, did yeah. You see something and, and like I said, the... the um, the storyboard guys and the designers and stuff—they really, they really, they do their homework too, you know. Uh, there's well, a good question here from Mike. Sorry, Yanni, unless you want to go ahead. I want to say, speaking of designs, Scorpion, and I think it was Allah Muhammad who said this. He looked very spawn-like. I think it was a very interesting look for yeah. well, both Sub Zero and Scorpion at the end. They looked very different from what we normally expect of them. Was, did you have any say in that or? No, um, no, I actually, I don't think I did, but I really appreciate that they did because it, it felt almost like it felt kind of more mature in a way. It was like, yeah, you know, as you get older, it's like a little more armor, a little more pomp and circumstance. They, it, they almost seem like Kings in a way, like, you know, a little more regal ninjas, you know, it's like, Oh no, these aren't, these aren't, these are like old, you know what it's like? It's like dark Knight returns like that type of Batman where you're like, yeah, it's Batman, but boy, he's, he's scary. He's chunky. He's like ready to throw down. You know, <laughs> I thought it was cool. Them coming chunky. out of the fire. Somebody did that on Twitter. They're like, what was your favorite scene? I'm like, I think that was my favorite scene. Like, you know, they're walking out of the fire. Like, Oh, that's cool. I wish they would do that. I wish they, we talked about that in Scorpion's revenge. I think Rick was trying to push nether realm. Like, dude, these would be, these animated would be great skins to be able to either buy or wouldn't it be cool if you could get the DVD and you could you could scan it for us animated like Mortal Kombat Legends skin the skin would be oh, really cool. Be so good. Yeah, really. Uh, Phantom, you had so, a question. Yeah. Um, so Mike, uh, who's it? Mike McDinet says, Jeremy, who is your Mortal Kombat guru? I think you've answered this on the Realmcast, but for all of our new listeners that are on today, 
so who's the one on the staff with the most Mortal Kombat knowledge, or do you take that title? If so, do you consult with someone else? It was it was most well, I I consulted with Dominic over at NetherRealm, and um, he was the guy that, uh, and you guys know Dominic, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he was the guy that uh, I I can't say his last name. It's Chancholo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I was gonna butcher that, man. I'm so glad you told me. I was if like Dominic here's the so guy that we would like run things through, but but no one else knew anything. <laughs> like Rick Rick knew some stuff, but he also kicked my butt at Mortal Kombat and New York Comic Con. It's so depressing. Anyways, uh, one of the reasons I got the job is because I talk about martial arts all the time and people are sick of it, but they were like, Hey, we're doing Mortal Kombat. I guess Jeremy has to be the guy. And um, and so I'm the one who had to kind of really dive into the, the mythology and stuff. Rick really knows a lot, too. So we both were kind of working off each other. But I had to do mo- the most research when it comes to mythology and all that stuff. Yeah, Mike, I'm, I'm very curious. Nets, really, like, you, you wrote it out correctly, but pronouncing it is a totally different animal. <laughs> I'm very curious now because you mentioned that he kicked your butt at uh, Comic Con. Who did you play? Who did he play? I'm very curious to hear about your main. Oh, we, we, we kept switching it. At one point, I was doing um, I was doing Raiden because I thought I remembered how to do the lightning blast, and I was like, "Oh no, this I like I remember knowing that back in the day because I was like, oh, this is just like Ryu's, you know, fireball or whatever." <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I remember that because I hadn't played Mortal Kombat one or two, you know, for ages." And Rick, that son of a gun, like he started remembering Sub Zero's his main, and so he suddenly was like, like straight up, like freezing my legs. Yeah, as somebody said, the rage. <laughs> like they're trying to interview us, and we're both hyper competitive, so we're just like, I don't care about your questions. Like I gotta, I gotta <laughs> this guy. So we were playing. I mean, we 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 ran all of them, but uh, I was mostly playing Raiden. And then I did Johnny Cage and uh, and and Liu Kang mostly, and he was doing Sub Zero, mostly doing Sub Zero and doing that that stupid like low reverse sweep. I was like, "You son of a gun!" Like you know, <laughs> once you're caught into that tornado, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> How old was I when I first played MK? When did it come out? When's the first one come out? Ninety two. Ninety two. I was young. I don't want to give away my age. I'm old, but I was at the arcade, and I remember thinking, like, I can't believe I don't. I don't think I should be playing this. I think I'm going to get in trouble. I mean, it was so funny because Street Fighter came out around the same time. Everybody was playing Street Fighter. Then one day, everybody it was like, all by myself. It was like Street Fighter just sitting there gathering dust, and we're all just like gathered around Mortal Kombat, like at that game. Nobody's head gets cut off. You know, it was so crazy. <laughs> there, uh, I got oh, a question yeah. here from Sonica. Uh, there were many characters in the Black Dragon. What was it like picking who to use, and why not black? Uh, why non Black Dragon characters like Ferator, uh, Darman, so, and Dairu? When we knew it was Kano, and we wanted to have the Black Dragon element of it, it was just like, can we use them all? Like every Black Dragon I could find, and especially ones that hadn't been used before, we kind of wanted to do because we knew we were going to kill. How many people? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then, and that's the, that's the second question. It's like, 
And then what other characters can we kill? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just that element of you've got to find people to murder. <laughs> you know, and like, who can you use without people being too upset that they're dead, but might be excited to see them because you're not going to be able to, you know, there's a lot of characters in Mortal Kombat, but they're still finite, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're, we're, we're running out of people that have. If you think about it, if you think about the entire cast of Mortal Kombat, we killed a huge percentage of them. And looking forward, we're like, man, there's a, there's still a few that we need to kill. We have we have another movie. <laughs> who are we killing this one? I mean, you've even killed Kano, and now he's yeah, your main bad guy. So <laughs> it works. Twice, I guess. Like I, you know, <laughs> you know, there's that you confirming that he died in the first movie now. Because uh, I remember you saying it. Eh. <laughs> I'm also like, but was that the first movie? You know, I'm still. You know, <laughs> I'm just curious. Everybody keeps mentioning Dairu. I remember Jarek. Am I misremembering? I remember Jarek. I don't remember the other one off the top I remember of my head. But that might have been something that storyboard guys threw in when I wasn't looking. Possibly. I remember Kenshi dropping in off uh, down from the roof. Kano sending Jarek at him and just getting literally one shot, like sliced in half. Dairu had, Dairu two, had two seconds. That, that, that if that's like... I mean, that, I, I could see those guys doing it. Yeah, I have a headcanon that Kano didn't die. I mean, listen, the fact is that he could probably, he's like Elon Musk. He's probably uploaded his consciousness somewhere offsite, you know? Sort of like, <laughs> like what's happening to X-Men. If he dies, it just reloads into another body. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Eddie Herta says, uh, "Are there or he says, is there any Red Dragon members we can create for future for future faction members?" I mean, I guess it depends on if we get another movie involving those people. So I I, I don't know really what to tell you there. I'm so curious where we're going to go with this next movie now. <laughs> yeah, whatever, really... whatever you think you think it is, it's absolutely not that. And not I, only I... That, it is so ridiculous that we were allowed to do it i'm still convinced they're going to stop us <laughs> that's all i can tell you i i imagine it's going to be an hour and a half of johnny cage getting hit in the balls and that's... <laughs> I, I will tell you that like joel McHale is so funny and he's so um he's so committed i i said this about it in the first time he will he will like i'll put a line in my script or whatever and he will sit there and go, oh, really? Is that the line? You know, and, and, and he'll kind of call me on the simplicity of it and be like, I've heard that a million times. Why don't we change yeah. it? Just like, well, I appreciate you kind of, I've just thrown that in there. And he's like, no, we need to, we need to do a little more. All right. Another good question. From uh, Smoke, about four, one, two. That's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You could, I mean, I could absolutely, the only thing, what would be great about using a minor character in a movie is that you wouldn't be burdened by the, the weight of continuity necessarily, depending on what you did. If you used a minor character, especially when it had fleshed out, then you have the opportunity to kind of flesh it out and, um, and, and kind of make it bigger and, and, and put your stamp on it. There might be, never mind. Uh, you know, that kind of brings me back around to this previous question from R.W. Uh, Chi-Town. 
how do you feel about the new Age of Heroes slash Combat Kids? Uh, how do I feel about it? I like I like any sort of progression, but I think of it in terms of I think those characters would succeed in telling a story. How do I put this? I, I like in terms of like the Terminator of it. Hmm. Oh, hmm. Like kind of the okay. conceptually, but but yeah. I still for me, oh, it's great. I get it. You're progressing the universe and stuff. But like for me, I still feel like there's so much to tell with the current the traditional sl uh, slate of characters. There was a. Uh, I remember when when you the Snowblind was first announced. We had people kind of asking us. We thought. Takeda was going to make it into the movie. And we we're like, I mean, Kenshi seems a bit young to have a child that is a full blown right. warrior with tentacles right now. So <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no. I mean, who knows? He's the, you know, kind of the way that Sub Zero leaves it. It's like you're now the champion of Earthrealm in a way. Like you're kind of the. Right. Who's to say? I mean, I don't know. See, that's see. This is where my brain starts going. I'm like, who's to say what happens to Kenshi? What if you did something crazy where Kenshi? I mean, I'm gonna say that. No, I'm not gonna say it. But if I said it in a way that, like, what if Kenshi is actually in actuality another character in some way? You know, like, like, I'm, it's oh, not. Yeah. He's not. He's not. I'm just saying, like, like that would be an interesting twist of fate or something that you that you can mess with. Unfortunately, I don't think you could pull that off without people trying to kill you. <laughs> I mean, what if Kenshi is Kenshi's ancestor? You know, <laughs> right, right. What if Kung? What if Kung Lao is really the great Kung Lao? Like, like, like there's the weird things like that. Like, what if weird things like that, which is kind of fun to think about. I mean, it's a multiverse. What if Cole you Young know, is it, <laughs> what if Cole Young is doing? <laughs> I will not. Oh I will not comment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mike, thank you very much. I remember now. Thank you. <laughs> totally slipped my mind. Oh, yeah. Mike sent a picture. Of... Oh, cool. <laughs> um, there was something uh, that you just mentioned, and it, it, it clicked a question in my mind. Now I'm, I'm, I'm totally blank on it. And this, is, this keeps well, happening. That's how I feel. Scorpion uh, so yeah, the question was, is it safe to assume that yeah. Scorpion is the ruler of Netherrealm? Um, and somebody else also wanted to thank you for giving Scorpion the, immor the immortal treatment, uh, which hasn't really been done in other Mortal Kombat medium. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to think about a Mortal Kombat movie without him. But I, I really... I re obviously from the first couple of movies, I really like his character and where he went and all that stuff. So, uh, okay. so I've got I've got the question back. It's regarding yeah. Tremor. Um, now, very happy to see him return, and he was definitely the boss that I expected Tremor to be. But you did take a slightly different approach than what we saw of him in Mortal Kombat X. Now, he, he clearly was a similar character, but had less of, I don't know, in Mortal Kombat X, he felt a bit wiser to me, whereas in Snowblind, he seemed a bit more brutal. Was there a conscious decision to make him that way? 
No, I think, I, but you're dealing with something that's not one one character wise, you know, especially because of of it's Kano's world that he's created. Then it would make sense that it would be more brutal. So by virtue of that, that character would have to be more brutal. Does hmm. that make sense? So mm-hmm, wisdom isn't, sense. you know, wisdom and 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 stuff isn't valued in that world as it is. That's one of the reasons that Sub Zero sticks out. That's one of the reasons that you know it's really about kind of like standing up for what's right, even if it means you're going to die. You know, that's the the big arc of it. So if if that character is wise in any capacity, you know, he's going along to get along because I think what they all intrinsically know the Black Dragon in this particular verse, it's the Shang Tsung of it, especially after the Shang Tsung of it. It's like you can't beat Kano. That's what they think. So they just want to stay alive. That's what she said. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I find it super interesting that you have this freedom now to work on a multiversal story within Mortal Kombat, uh, especially with what you've done with the Flash, uh, right. kind of reintroducing, uh, you know, the, the Flash that was lost during the New 52 and making him this uh like time jumper kind of going into these different areas like kind of right. being able to have that freedom and now you're doing that with Mortal Kombat too. Uh do you feel like that was kind of you bringing your work from DC Comics into Mortal Kombat or was this just something that kind of happened by happenstance? I think I think that's one of the unique things about DC Comics and Mortal Kombat universe. I think that's why they combined games you know like the games with injustice or whatever it's like they both have worlds that are so multifaceted mm-hmm. and i think i'm probably unconsciously drawn to the fact that that's the case you know i think as a storyteller you want to be able to get the opportunity to tell a lot of very different stories and um and so you know i i don't know i don't think it was conscious for sure I mean, like in, in the Flash thing, the quantum leap of it was like, all of this stuff is just stuff in the zeitgeist. Obviously, the multiversal stuff has almost been done to death, you know? And um, But I don't care because I get to tell different stories in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Could we, I mean, I'm going to ask it anyway. So we had the sort of revenant kind of invasion, which was clearly caused as a result of sort of Kano's tampering with, with time, I suppose. Right. I suppose the best thing. Is there a specific cause that you had in mind for this Revenant invasion within that universe, within this no, specific story? in particular. We had just pulled on those threads from the game, and there was actually a scene that we had to cut in this where Sub-Zero was kind of holed up in his house while Revenants were, like, moving around it. And then they ended up attacking Kenshi and Shang Tsung out on the in the desert plains, but we just we had to cut it out. Um, oh, it was more, more of saying that that did exist in the periphery of this world that was happening, um, but we just kind of took those little threads to, in order to kind of illustrate the story of Sub Zero getting you know way out of control. Yeah, because I did find it interesting that you know the the basic premise of this is that it's a post-apocalyptic world caused as a result of not having, you know, the freedom because of these revenants, but then we barely saw the revenants. And it makes sense now that you said that there was a bit of content. Was there any other cut content? 
Um, um, not that I can think of, because we, I think that was the lesson we learned, you know, to make it a little thinner, <laughs> you know, and a little, uh, a little more simple, you know. All right. Corn Combat. Corn Combat. Firstly, I have to say I love corn. So that's great. And I mean the band, everybody, not the. I like corn on the cob too. But <laughs> how was working with Ed Boone? And will he be involved on all future MK Legend films in the future? We, uh, we were. He's been incredibly supportive from Scorpion's Revenge to now. And I, I've had, you know, limited interaction because obviously the guy's super busy, but he's always been really kind and supportive and giving us kind of the direction he would like to see it go and him and Dominic both. So we're really fortunate. All you can really ask for in a situation is that, that listen, co-creator Mortal Kombat likes what you're doing and is very, very pumped for it to happen. And at least knows that, Hey, we're trying to respect what it is that you're doing. And that that's, that's the best. Yeah, it's a good stamp of approval to get, <laughs> especially when you're making a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh, Mike McDinette says, uh, saw the storyboard scene of uh, Sub-Zero running up the stairs after Kano and his crew. Can you give us more background on this scene? I'm assuming he's, he's talking about near the end. Not sure. <laughs> not, but, but, I mean, that's within the context of the the... The movie there's just you know it's funny they added so much more to the hourglass room and that was such a like a hidden feature in the um in the room and him going after it after those guys uh or after sub-zero going after like kano and that stuff it was such a it was such a peculiar reveal in the in the in the it was in the deleted scenes was it oh uh, I mean, it probably just, it was probably because Rick wanted to really beef up the action scene at the end. Hmm. So he probably just truncated the running after him a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, using that, the hourglass way, the way you did, you managed to turn, you managed to make your own stage fatality out of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was totally Rick and those guys, because I remember going over Rick's house and he goes, you want to see something? And then, and then he started showing me, I'm like, oh my gosh. And you, and you knew it because the minute you enter that and it's like, you see him turning and you're like, oh, this is going to end badly. You know, you just know it's <laughs> blood everywhere. That was great. It reminded me, which, oh man, which stage was it from Mortal Kombat 9? Ah, there was a stage where, I don't know, it, it just had this, a similar vibe to it. Because yes, obviously it was Kronika's Hourglass from the game, Mortal Kombat 11, but the way it looked in the movie was very similar to a stage in Mortal Kombat 9, and I cannot remember which. But that scene itself was really cool because I remember Sub-Zero losing his arm and then making an ice arm. And I was like, yeah. how has nobody done this yet? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was super cool. I love that. It was so violent, man. <laughs> uh, Sonic uh, Ha XD says, uh, the action feels a bit different from the previous two films. Was it related to the art style? And did Ethan still choreograph the fight scenes? I don't know if Ethan choreographed the fight. I don't think he did. I think he was busy on... I'm not sure because because uh, Rick was the director and producer on this particular film. Um, I'm sure he had some involvement. I tend to overwrite the action scenes and then 
whether the storyboard guys take them or not take them is, you know, up to them. I always like to see that some choreography makes it back in, but they're really good about doing it as well. And he and Rick is really intentional about trying to get them to push the violence and the and the creative violence, as it were, because that's such a huge part of the franchise, you know? Mm-hmm. Got a, a double water question here. Uh, firstly, Eddie Herta, he reminded me of when Aquaman had that water fist. Was that an totally. inspiration? Totally. No, yeah. listen, the Peter David Aquaman series is like, I love Peter David, but uh, I'm sure that had to be part of it. Right. And second water question is one that is very dear to me, and I'm pretty sure I've already asked this to you in the past. Love the animated movies. I would love to see Rain come in and kick some. I know. Uh, I, know. I, I well, hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Got to buy more DVDs. Okay. All right. I need to have like a separate MK suggestion box somewhere, you know? <laughs> you need to have Yanni come on and voice Rain for you because at this point he's begged you enough for it. <laughs> I know. Please, please. <laughs> I legit voice Rain for free. I'm telling you now. Warner Bros., you listening? <laughs> <laughs> one movie for free then we can talk (laughs) (laughs) so jeremy uh i i know you gotta go soon is there anything else you'd like to mention any uh uh cage match news you like to release anything else you would like to tell us before we let you go i mean the cage match stuff guys like i'm i'm just i can't even talk about it without getting a huge grin and just thinking i just can't believe it um it's it's completely (laughs) bananas and it's um it's gonna be really different in some ways but i'm really excited for people to see it um i have super suns coming out next week which i'm excited about and yes uh, and then you know mortal Kombat, uh you know cage max cage match some point in the future and then i have uh you know, the Flash comic book. I have intergalactic super wrestlers showing up in my Flash comic book next week, which is really exciting. So uh, I'm excited <laughs> about that, all that. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't seen Snowblind for some reason and you're watching this, make sure you go and buy it. Uh, yes. Give as much support to these movies as possible because we want more Mortal Kombat yeah. Legends and more Mortal Kombat content. And, yeah, check Jeremy out on the Flash right now, as well as Super Sons, which is coming out. Oh, you said it was next week, is it? Yeah, next week. It's really good. It's totally, listen. I can't wait. Totally different. <laughs> so, you know, don't go in looking for people's heads to explode. I mean, there might be a few, but still. <laughs> no more no more eyeballs popping out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before you get off, Jeremy, I want to, I we've talked about this in the past, about how obviously the Mortal Kombat community can be a bit harsh at times, and you expect that with gaming. But I want you to see these comments from everybody saying thank yeah. you and that they love what you're doing. I really hope you see that. Because we yeah. are really with what you've done, and we really look forward to more from you. So thank you for doing our characters and the series justice. Oh, thank you, and thank you guys for letting me come on and and talk about it. You know. So if you're interested in following Jeremy in his career, check him out, Space Kicker uh, at Space Kicker on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but you said Instagram is mostly your personal stuff. I think on our last episode, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely look him up on Twitter, follow him along, and yeah, buy his stuff. Let's get Jeremy to keep coming back and doing more Mortal Kombat stuff. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much. We're going to jump back over to Mortal Kombat news for all of our listeners. And right. uh, 
it's been a pleasure having you on as always. Thank you guys. Until cage match, I will talk to you then. <laughs> nice. <Looking forward. laughs> Later, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, Jeremy. All, All right. right. <laughs> so he's always so. Really I know such a good and for those of our listeners who this is their first time kind of interacting with him be sure to check out our previous episodes of the Realmcast where we have sat down and done full interviews with him uh kind of going through his career from the beginning everything he's doing with Mortal Kombat uh and in you know he goes into details in the previous movies like uh Battle of the Realms uh and Scorpion's Revenge so you kind of get an idea of how he's thinking and what he's what he's doing there it's, it's they're they're good they're fun episodes I think all right. So, so Yanni, where, where were we? Uh, I think we had just finished off with... Actually, you know what? Before we do that, what did you all think? I mean, I, I see all the amazings. That was great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we're happy to see that. Uh, what did you think of his answers to your questions? Do you, do you get the vibe that, you know, he, he knows what he's doing? Because I per- personally think so, for sure. Like, are you excited to see more from him? What did you think of his answers to your questions in particular? I think we tried to get to everybody who asked a question. Sonic, I see you saying that. <laughs> I, I think the only questions that we tried not to show were any that, you know, could have impacted the next movie because there's some good ideas out there. And I didn't want anybody saying, uh, you know, oh, I really wish they would have had this character. And now he's not going to be there because I asked the question on the soul stream. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I, I we try to avoid a couple of those, but for the most part, we try to get every question on there. Um, so thank you, everybody who submitted questions. And for those who didn't, uh, be sure every week that we do the Soul Stream, you can jump on to Realmcast, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, let's see where else. Twitter. Um, and uh, I'm missing one. Uh, YouTube. Talking Soul Stream? And, yep, for Soul <laughs> Stream. Uh, it, so <laughs> come and join us. Leave your comments. Interact with us. We'll talk to you guys as we're going through everything that's going on for the uh, month. So, And we generally bring in a guest uh, related to whatever is ongoing at that point in time in the Mortal Kombat community. We felt that Jeremy would be the perfect guest for this point in time. Well, I hope you all agree. And ju- judging by the questions we got, it seems like you do. <laughs> at, at um, point, Yanni, do you want to go ahead and announce our next Realmcast guest for everybody that's on here? And, and uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Let's do that as a little uh, thank you if you're sticking around still, hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm announcing this at the end of this episode, but uh, might as well now. So our next episode of the Rumcast will air, I think it was October 27th, Phantom? Yes. Uh, yep. yep. Two Thursdays from now, so October 27th. 27th, and it's a Halloween-themed guest, so very happy to announce Alec Gillis, uh, who, along with his team, was behind the creation of, the motion of, and the effects of, this is pretty cool, eh? Goro from Mortal Kombat 1995. Yes. As well as Alien, Predator, from, not every, for example, not the first Alien, but onwards, the special effects, everything, even the recent Prey. So we are super bring this to you because this is a really cool episode it's really interesting how we talk about sort of the special effects the ideas behind everything how they went around about creating it all it's super cool seriously uh yeah, so, interesting stuff i'm i'm so excited for this one uh and i was super excited to get him on the show so he goes into some good details it, a lot of mortal Kombat stuff that 
you know, doesn't really get talked about much with the Goro design because uh, it was revolutionary in a lot of ways. And I'm excited to share that with you. We get some really cool info on well, yeah, the last animatronic in movie history. I don't know if it's the last, was it? Uh, but um, <laughs> a very, very integral part of animatronics in film history. Uh, it's really cool hearing about how they went about it, how it was created. And we really do get some information that I personally have never seen anywhere online and never heard from anybody. So check that out. It's going to be a really cool episode. Uh, we did not dress up for Halloween. I apologize. Phantom was strictly against it, but uh, it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we go back to uh, Mortal Kombat news? Um, I think we're talking yeah. about the 30th anniversary. Um, you know, I will say, uh, I don't know if you noticed, I am wearing this really cool shirt that was uh, given to me by uh, Jasper, who is the Mortal Kombat collector. Mortal Kombat's 30th anniversary with all the uh, people That's a great on it. It is. So uh, I know he had quite a few people help him make the shirt. What was that? He's sending one to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but he will... Uh, uh, so yeah, so he made it for the... Uh, the original cast had a, a convention that they went to uh, hosted by Maze Collectors. It was um, ITC... What, what was the full name of it? Uh, Level Up ITC Con. That was it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, shout out to them and shout out to Jasper and thank you for the shirt. We appreciate it. Uh, Yanni doesn't get one because he doesn't deserve one, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just seeing. Uh, when is our next Soul Stream? Tenth, isn't it? Tenth uh, of November. Uh, let me see. Let me just double check real quick. I think it is the tenth. That's right. So yeah, next Soul Stream will end. We have a realm cast, then a Soul Stream, then a realm cast, then a Soul Stream. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll keep doing them uh, and we'll have an, another guest next time. So uh, we're not going to announce who that is yet. You'll have to wait and see. It'll be a surprise. You may have or have been expo exposed to COVID according to Mike. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. <laughs> I may or may not have COVID right now. <laughs> oh, great. So uh, let's jump back into it anyway. Um, there was a bit of news regarding, well, Regarding the new um, game from WB, from was I think it's not from NRS specifically, as far as we knew. We just knew there was a new WB game, and people were going to go and test it out. And later on, we found out that that would be Gotham Knights, which is releasing next week, which mm -hmm. looks pretty cool. But it's not Mortal Kombat, is it? So that's not a Mortal Kombat specific announcement. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm very interested in the fact that Ed is very vocal. And we touched on this at the beginning of the episode. He is very vocal now. He's communicating a lot. And he's specifically telling us for the 30th anniversary, we were not going to announce a game, et cetera, et cetera. But we have a lot of interviews from Ed lately. Uh, one even came out yesterday. We had the interview with Polygon. We had the interview with X-Play. You know, we've had... Uh, couple of others, which I'm totally forgetting about now. But when he talks about upcoming Mortal Kombat stuff, he has made it clear, even on Twitter, I think you have the, the screenshot, uh, Phantom, of him saying that we have multiple pots on the stove or something. Yeah. And, uh, let me pull up a couple of them because, uh, it, you know, it leads you to wonder exactly what is going on. Uh, so... 
uh, there's been at least three different tweets here that he's kind of brought up. Uh, and so here's one of them. Uh, are you all uh, from uh, our old friend Rattlehead from the Realmcast? Uh, are y'all working on multiple projects or just one? No MK questions since you are bombarded by them. And he does confirm multiple. And then let's see, there's another couple more I got here. Uh, I have one here from Anthony. He says, how's the new game coming along? Can't wait to see what you guys have in store this time. Good, but we've got more than one pot on the stove. And lastly, I got one more here, which is uh, another one from Anthony, I think. Maybe it's the same one here. Uh, how's the new game coming along? Can't wait to see what you guys have in store this time. Uh, yeah, good, but we've got more than one pot, uh, pot on the stove. And whatever you're cooking up, make me a plate, please, from Stacy. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot, uh, more than one project. Um, what do you guys think about that? Uh, are you excited for that news, or does it make you a little bit nervous about what we're gonna get next? Uh, what well, do you think there was there was another interview, one of the ones that I didn't mention, an interview with Brian Tong, and he specifically asks about this tweet, and. He, when he asks about it, he says, you've got a couple of, you've got more uh, pots cooking on the stove or something like that, he says. And Ed replies saying something along the lines of, they're not cooking, they're on the stove. Something, something like that. And he makes it very clear that they always have multiple projects ongoing. Mm-hmm. Even when, when they finish a game, they're already sort of doing, making, like thinking of, of the ideas for the next game, et cetera, et cetera. So they are always working. And I'm pretty sure that's him saying in a way, like, don't expect something super soon uh, or a lot of stuff super soon. Just know that we are working on the, all, this, all these things. But those interviews, specifically the, the Polygon one, everything he says really points towards him saying, we have a game. It's in the process of being made. And I don't know, the, the, just the fact that he's talking so much more is really interesting to me. Make, it makes me wonder if something is almost done or if it's just the fact that he's now able to talk more, which is something that I also find. 30 funny. years ago, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> is, is this the interview you were talking about? Um, that is with X-Play, is it? Yeah. That's a, that's a separate one. I'm talking about the one with Polygon. Um, okay. One is a text interview, as far as I've seen. I've, I've read the article, at least. And in that, he talks about being more involved in a more of official capacity, which is the part that I find so interesting. If you just control F and you mm-hmm. search capacity, that should bring... Yeah, there it is. Are you able to make that full screen? <clears throat> uh, yeah. yeah. Let me pull it up here. Uh, so, yeah, I see what you mean, though. It says... Or just read it. Oh, there you go. Sure. Uh, so uh, your chief creator on MK now, how much control do you have over Mortal Kombat right now? Like how much of that is built into your job, your contract? And Ed replies saying, obviously, WB owns the IP, but I'm actually more involved now. I'm involved with the animated series and the next movie that's coming out. So it's very exciting. And we've seen this, by the way. We, we Firstly, we just witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> Jeremy specifically told us that he's working with Ed and Ed is showing that he's very interested and he's, he's given him the stamp of approval, etc. But we've also seen it in 
tweets between Todd and Ed as well. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see much of that with the first Mortal Kombat movie, and we're seeing it already now with the second one. Um, so that's pretty interesting to think about. And he says, it's very exciting because there's some really cool stuff that's being worked on. Just being involved in the scripts and which characters we're going to include in projects and all that stuff is very exciting for me. Before I was involved, but not in an official capacity. Now it's a little bit more official and it's, ex it's an exciting time. I can't wait to see people's reaction to some of the crazy stuff that's coming out. So here we're seeing that, firstly, he's a lot more involved. He's a lot more involved officially. And it's what I was saying about him making it sound like there's something that is coming out soon. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, that make, that's a great point. And that's interesting that he is more involved in this way because, uh, you know, there are complaints about the the original staff not getting uh, or, or the, the staff from, Mortal, from NetherRealm not getting involved in things like the movies in the past. Um, and I, I'm not going to say specifically which movie, but it's something we've talked about quite a bit on this show. So, uh, you know, now that they're there, it, it gives me a lot of hope for the Todd Gardner's second movie because we've seen what they've been doing with Legends. We see the kind of respect uh, for the source material while kind of, you know, being able to play with it a little bit. So if they're going to be doing that with the live action, then we might get a amazing Mortal Kombat movie again. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um and I see everybody saying here, I hope they have future work for Mythologies 2 or Shaolin Monks 2 or brand new MKRPG. I'm so happy to see other people wanting an RPG style game. I think that that was a, like an amazing direction for Mortal Kombat to take. Don't get me wrong. I love Mortal Kombat as a fighting game. It's always been one. But if you see how much love there is for Deception's Conquest mode, for Shaolin Monks, even for Armageddon's Conquest mode, although to a lesser degree than Deception's, you know, I really think that Mortal Kombat could thrive in a different sort of storytelling capacity. I've always said that I feel like from software games, for example, where you sort of pick up the lore as you go through this world would fit Mortal Kombat so well. And that's kind of why I love from software games and Mortal Kombat games, because that's how you piece together the story. With Mortal Kombat, you're looking through biographies, you're looking through endings, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But one other thing, and I've been saying this, a lot, it, which makes me wonder whether or not we have something on the way soon, is can you control F variations? Yeah. Uh, variations, this part? Yes. So I'm wondering what lessons you think you and the team have learned from Mortal Kombat 11. What do you think were your biggest takeaways there? And Ed basically says that there's a bunch of micro decisions, moments in a fight, mechanics of wake up, breaking a combo. And we've seen this evolving throughout the games. If you look at uh, the combo breakers moving throughout, let's just say between MK9 to MK11, if you're looking through uh, the, the bar mechanics, how, for example, in MKX, you had the bar, which was tied to the combo breakers, whereas in 9, it was just special moves into an X-ray. And then in 11, you have the defensive meter, which you can see technically a very, this is a kind of callback to on the amazing uh, sort of um, theme that uh, Phantom has made for the soul stream. Uh, you have the defensive meter and you have the offensive meter, but then you have a separate gauge, which hits at 30% for MK11's fatal blows. So here he says, MKX had character variations and then 11 had your own, create your own character variations. But 
when we do another game, we probably won't have character variations. Even though it did well, it's time to move on to the next thing. So there's a bunch of little micro decisions that we make. Now, he's clearly here saying, you know, it probably won't have character variations. This is still something being discussed, but they're discussing it. That means, you know, next Mortal Kombat game is clearly happening. There's something there. But they must have some form of idea over what is the next thing. And that is one thing that, despite us all getting annoyed with NRS sometimes about, oh, why did they change this? Why did they change this? They always evolve. They always evolve. And that's something we've seen from the beginning. You know, just playing devil's advocate, though, he does say when we do another game. He doesn't say when we do another Mortal Kombat game. So, you know, just saying there could be just for argument's sake injustice three or whatever they're going to do next uh and it, it won't have the variations but if it's a mortal Kombat game without variations i'm actually super interested because i'm not a big variation fan i just give give those movesets to a different character and give me more characters you know what i mean yeah i mean just touching on what you said about this might not be related to mk i i, I take it as mk because the beginning of the highlighted uh, uh text that you have there is mkx and then 11 had your own character variations so this is clearly related to mortal Kombat, in my opinion uh regarding the variations themselves yes i do see what you're saying i would either prefer they took the mk9 approach with no variations or the mkx approach the mk11 approach was very cool and had a lot of potential but the whole slot system did not work and it felt at times like they cheaped out on putting certain moves within a character's kit and putting it mm -hmm. as a slot it's like this character should already have that i mean right like shing sung i mean yeah. <laughs> his you, you, you had to put in a slot to, to morph into different characters exactly now to be fair to them they were looking at it from a competitive aspect and you know Competition-wise, that is something very hard to balance. If you have a character who can literally turn into the other character, then they have so many more options than the others. But at the same time, it's Mortal Kombat. You kind of expect that, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind a game without variations, and I'm very curious to see what the next uh, next thing, as he calls it, is. <laughs> um, so besides that, his AMA, you know, he answered quite a few questions during these little 30 second time slots that he was open. Um. Funny part. Okay. So a little bit of backstory for people who don't know on Twitter, Ed has been hosting ask me anything. Okay. And that started, I think on the 26th, the 26th September. And he's done a few more since now the first one went on for a little while. And by a little while, I mean more than a minute. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure how many more, but it went on for longer than a minute. Following that, Phantom messages me, or I message Phantom, and I'm like, he's hosting an AMA. Let's go, let's go, let's go, right? And I, I mean, here, you can literally see it. This is 5.43, according to this screenshot. 31 seconds later, end. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, they were all like 30 this, too long side the other one was about 10 fit 20 seconds or something basically yeah um, and... but he made a comment about that so basically there were so many comments coming in that he just kind of answered a few and then stopped because there, there was just too many he had to figure out a way to filter out the amount of people answering the questions um and but look at the numbers there seven retweets 117 <laughs> likes <laughs> like... 
Well, here are some of the questions he got. Uh, how are you today? How was your day? How was your day? <laughs> how was your day going? So there was a lot of that. <laughs> I love how he says this answer above. So he answered somebody. And what was it? He actually had a pretty cool answer. Did, I think I sent you that screenshot. Is that there? Uh, <laughs> this one? Mocap. <laughs> That's the part that gets me. Long, set up new laptop, mocap, Popeyes for lunch, lots of stuff outside of work. Mocap. This means mocap is confirmed. I'm joking. This means that they're doing <laughs> the next game, right? So yeah. they are working on something. Yeah, and he's made it clear too. I mean, like we said earlier, multiple pots on the stove. So um, yeah, it's interesting that he's getting involved in mocap right now. But I guess this goes back to that article that you just mentioned where he says he's has a more hands-on approach to whatever he, they're working on. Which I'm happy to see. I really am. I, I think that as, you know, one of the co-creators, he clearly has an understanding of Mortal Kombat that other people may not have. I'm not saying all don't have. I mean, look at Jeremy. Jeremy didn't create it, but man, he knows his stuff and he really does his research on it too. But it's good mm -hmm. to see that Ed is getting more involved in this. So that's pretty cool. I, I mean, we've had some questions we tried to get on the AMA. <laughs> mocap confirmed. Go, everybody, I need you on Twitter. Hashtag mocap confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we, we had some questions. And one question that I really was hoping he would answer was um, if we were to get a sort of compilation game, because we've had three games now, and it seems that the trend now, considering the 3D era into the MK9 reboot era, we've had three games. And then with the third game, at least for the 3D era, and then if you think about it, the third game with the original era, we had a compilation. So Trilogy and Armageddon. And I was very curious to ask Ed if they were to do a compilation game, a full-on roster with everybody from MK9 to... 11 plus more, which sort of game would they take the the combat engine from or the, the, the combat play style, I suppose, from? Because a lot of people really missed MKX's style. A lot of people miss MK9 style. And a lot of people really enjoyed MK11 style. So I don't know. That, that, that to me seems like something that would be very interesting. And I'm, I'm very interested to hear what everybody thinks based on all of your experiences with MK9, X, and 11. Which of those games did you prefer the combat from the most i phantom i think you were an x guy yeah I, I did i liked x um i know a lot of people didn't but um i don't it felt like a progression of mortal kombat 9 where 11 is its own thing uh, in my opinion yeah that's, that's a fair point i i personally really liked 11's take i i enjoyed the slower approach the more methodical approach but the balance was a bit uh the balance kind of ruined it, in my opinion, especially with crushing blows, etc. So I very much enjoyed X as well. Although playing X, if you're going to be doing crazy combos like I was trying to do, like, man, I play Tanya. Tanya is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, you're breaking your controller every time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have some news on the movie, kind of. Oh, what do you got? Uh, I don't know if I got that well, one. Aside from Ed posting you know, tweets along with Todd, we had a Lewis Tan story with CC Stringer in it. That's right. Uh, let me pull that one up because uh, I think you kind of shared this on the meme realm and on Realmcast. And uh, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. 
whoever Katana is, um, she clearly <laughs> <laughs> a sword. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just kind of a background for for those who aren't up to date on everything going on with the movie. Uh, you know, see the movies in in pre production now. As far as you know, we don't know if they begun recording and stuff like that. But uh, CC Stringer, who played Melina in the last movie. Uh, here in this photo, she's hanging out with Louis Tan, and he's referring to her as uh, Katana or Katana. So, I'm giving him benefit. Of I know everybody attacked him for the spelling, but man, <laughs> on your phone, it will auto yuka birds. I call it to Katana. It will. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it does that. Come on. Like, I know. Everybody was up in arms. He can't even spell Katana. Give him the benefit of the doubt. He has, like, man, this guy was playing Smoke back in the day. I respect that, okay? <laughs> Mortal Kombat fan, at least to a degree. So yeah. I say that that is, like, people are saying, I, I've seen some comments saying, but the director doesn't even know how to spell Katana. But Louis Tan isn't the director. He's, he's cold. <laughs> you know, he's an actor. He's playing one of the characters. So. I don't know. My opinion is benefit of the doubt. That's autocorrect there for a katana, uh, unless yeah. she really end up being will end up being a sword rather than an actual character in the movie. <laughs> I think uh, Eddie Herda in the chat says it the best. He says, "All oh, law, they're gonna pronounce her name katana." You know, I have a fa- a feeling <laughs> that if the fans, <laughs> the fans don't like her. <laughs> If the fans don't like the way that she's doing this, it's going to be referred to as Katana everywhere now. <laughs> um, so what do you think? Is this, uh, do you think this is confirmation? I mean, do you really think so? Or do you think he's just, you know, sharing stuff? like oh, I, I 100% believe that that is going to be her playing Katana. This is confirmation. Uh, there is well, no way that he puts this out without permission, uh, in my opinion. And see, she played I... Melina. Melina's dead. Yes, we're going to the Nether Realm. She could play both, to be honest. But I see her returning because they're twins. We know this. She's <laughs> going to be, in my opinion. You know, if anything, I think she might have a cameo. But like we talked about last month on the Soul Stream, she's working on Vampire Academy, or is that the name of it? The the Vampire Diaries show. Sure, but you can be on more than one at a time. Like the they're just getting started with this, as far as we've seen in terms of updates, right? Yeah, I guess the question is, are they recording in the same country, uh, the, the show and the, the next movie? So, um, Do we have to know. on where it's going to shoot, actually, the next movie? Because the last one was in Australia. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, and I don't know if anybody in our chat has, but, uh, you know, it's all pre-production at this point. Mm. So I know we're, we're bouncing back and forth between topics, but it's just because uh, there's so much to talk about, which we haven't really addressed for a while. And one thing that I found very funny, and to be honest, concerning, which is why I want to mention this, is the update to Mortal Kombat Mobile. Any, uh, any Mortal Kombat Mobile players in the chat right now? Because we have a new combat pass, Phantom. Yeah, um, I, I don't play Mortal Kombat mobile enough like oh okay i say that but i'll pick it up every once in a while and play it but i'm not one of those guys that spends a lot of mm. money <laughs> updating it uh and you know buying all the card packs and stuff like that because it i don't like uh what is it called freemium games um where you gotta keep paying into it um but this is a kind of a oh, well okay the the combat pack is that what it's called combat um, pass <clears throat> combat it's basically pack. a t- which all these 
uh, live service games now we're doing, which is really just a way of saying it's free, but, and then what we call whales in the community come in and just spend thousands upon thousands. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how they make money, basically. Uh, Smoke plays mobile, by the way, Smoke 412. What do you think of this uh, combat pass? Have you checked it out yet? Also, that's an, uh, that is a interesting point, but uh, sorry, it's related back to the movie. Is she playing Katana? I'm guessing uh, Katana versus Melina match isn't going to happen. That's the one downside. Well, if you look back at Conquest, Jeff Meek played both Shao Kahn and Raiden at the same time and pulled off a pretty sick uh, <laughs> fight scene. Opinion. So uh, you never know. I, it could, yeah. could just uh, try the face um, and get a stunt actress for the other character. You know? and, and I doubt Molina's. I mean, okay, you, you know, nobody's dead in Mortal Kombat, like we've talked about in the past. Like, they can always bring people back, and they kind of set up that themselves in the last movie. Yeah. Jeff Meek. Oh, man, I love Jeff Meek. <laughs> he was so awesome <laughs> to talk to. If you haven't he checked was. out our episode Jeff Meek, yeah, that was a really cool one. And uh, Yeah, it was one of our first episodes, too. Yeah. It's crazy looking back on that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the combat pass. Earn rewards on epic quests. Let's hear okay. more. <laughs> now, the one cool thing they're doing with this new update, though, is they've included uh, Mortal Kombat movie uh, Raiden in it. So we're getting uh, Christopher Lambert's Raiden in the mobile game. So uh, if you're a mobile player, you got that to look forward to. And you got a combat pass. Is that what it was again? Combat pass? Uh, Speaking I of Raiden, did you hear about the battle cry? Oh, I did uh, just before the show. So do you know what they changed it to? I've got it there. The link is there for you. Please open this up. I need everybody to hear this. It's hilarious. Oh, okay. Let me find <laughs> uh, I don't know where you send that. I'm sending that to you. Hold up. Okay. <laughs> you guys, you this. <laughs> All right. So at this point, I have no idea how loud this is going to be when this plays, but... Uh, let's hear the Spreading new the voice of Raiden. <laughs> is this real or are you just trolling me? <laughs> Apparently real. Confirmed by multiple people. All right, hold on a second. Let me rewind this. No. No, 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 no. Are you serious? It's true. <laughs> that is horrible. Why? <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold on, I need to play that one more time. <laughs> this is the new voice of Raiden. You say it's a new voice. No, that's not the new voice. That that sounds like Richard Epker. So he did this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's hilarious in my opinion. But scroll down. You, you're asking me if this is real? Scroll down. Read the comments. Oh, uh, let's see. Turning on the car. <laughs> my God. Uh, I have a two cringe. That's probably new voice lines. <laughs> yeah, this is. Oh, I mean, this Holden, the whole Strider. That's that's, that's the perfect. Uh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we have a new. We have new uh, movie Raiden with. <laughs> no, no. This this is this sound, seems like it's uh, classic or classic Raiden. The the general Raidens. Um, oh yeah, or, you're right. He's wearing the original skin. I'm assuming <laughs> the uh, the movie Raiden will have Lambert's voice as it does in MK11. Maybe have we had I don't know. Do you, 
I, I don't. I don't know if he, he came back in for recording on that or not. So um, <laughs> it might just, we might be stuck with this. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> there we go. Smoke is a contender for uh, how to say it. <laughs> All right. What else do we got, Yanni? No, I think I think that's the best place to end this, to be honest. That that is that is perfect. Actually, we're we're at what, two hours right now? Wow. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So sorry everybody, we you know. Uh, we, we try to keep these under an hour, but uh, we got a lot of questions. We got a lot of news this week. For yeah. for the and lack of news, we got a lot of news. <laughs> I mean, we also just expected Jeremy to join for about half an hour, and he he was a trooper. He stayed on for much longer. So, Jeremy, if you, you know, check this part of the video out, uh, thank you very much for staying extra with us. Uh, that's We kind of planned out the episode expecting a certain amount of time, and he was very kind to stay with us and answer everybody's questions to a greater degree. So that was awesome. Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention our featured artist this week. Uh, oh, go for it. All right. So, um, you know, every week uh, we like to feature a artist that has uh, sent in their work. You can submit your work to MortalCombatOnline.com uh, if you want to be featured also. Um, but this one is one of uh, that most everybody knows. Um, Esau, the, well, he goes by Esau13, um, does stunning work all the time. He's actually been uh, designing some of our announcement cards recently. So we just like to give a quick shout out to him for everything he and does because, yeah, and thank you, um, because his work is amazing. Uh, I'm just going to show a few pictures here that he's done and sent to us. One, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think scroll down. <laughs> no, that's it. That's the edge. Uh, so yeah, everything he does is is brilliant. And recently, uh, if you're not following him on Twitter, please check it out because. Um, him and uh, who was it, Flavio? Flavio, yeah, yeah. They did a compilation, or is it compilation? Was a uh, where they were together collaboration? Thank you. And they created this amazing uh, Mortal Kombat 30th anniversary artwork, which you'll have to go to his Twitter to see it because it is beautiful. And Ed himself even retweeted it because that's how good it was. I'm um, give it to you right now so everybody can see it. Oh, am I allowed to share that? He didn't send me that one. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally on Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my logic. All if it's right. on Twitter, it's already public. <laughs> so I'll pull that one up in just a second. I'm going to go through a couple more. Um, this one right here is going to get us demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, like I've been following Iso and. Fabio's uh, work for for many years actually and just the fact that now I get to sort of work with him or you know have him send in art and stuff with us and talk to him is seriously awesome to me it's 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 kind of crazy looking back on how the Mortal Kombat community has grown with me or I've grown with it at <laughs> well, where I'm now literally getting art from somebody that I used to follow on DeviantArt you know <laughs> we've even pushed out to the two of them several times and asked them to collaborate because we know how yes. amazing both of them are. So um, I like to think that I made this piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, definitely check out his stuff. Make sure you're following him uh, at Esau13. And of course, you can check out Flavius also, which I'm not going to try to pronounce that. But it's uh, Flavio Lucisano or Lucisano, one of the two. But uh, <laughs> we'll have them both in the description of this video at the end, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, they are both some amazing artists and i love seeing more art from them 
every every other like whenever they put out something new i'm just like yes you know something something awesome is here <laughs> something like mortal kombat to in their style it's just crazy seeing how they've evolved over the years you know what i mean oh yeah definitely um and it, like flavi or uh Esau's even posted some of his really old artwork and you know kind of seeing how it's a like you said evolved like it, it's cool it's really cool looking so a um, couple final things before we let everybody go. Uh, don't forget, we have the shirt store now, which you can go and have a look at Realmcast merchandise. Uh, we have apparel, we have cups, uh, accessories, everything's on there. And if you, some... you want to show them, right? right, right oh, that's you. right. Yeah, let me uh, switch my camera back over. Um, but this is one of our cups, which I bought myself because... I will definitely use it. So um, this is called our beggar cup. It is just a common street beggar and it is a uh, yeah, cool designs, Realmcast logo. Check it out um, at our, our t-shirt store. And then and, also uh, don't yeah, forget about G fuel giveaway. Yes. G fuel was nice enough to send us this and uh, we want to give it to you guys. So make sure you share a video uh, your favorite Realmcast episode, just make sure you tag us at Realmcast or Mortal Kombat Meme Realm, wherever you're sharing it, so that we can track it and enter you into the contest. All right. Anything so, else? I think that's uh, that's everything. Uh, that's one of my <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you all uh, for joining. I seriously hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was really cool with all the engagement that we had. Uh, especially with Jeremy on and everything. It was like, again, to Jeremy, even if he doesn't see this, thank you, Jeremy, for joining us. And thank you all as well. Um, we, As we said, we have our next episode airing on 27th October. Um, that's with Alec Gillis, as we said. Just in case anybody's jumped in last second and has missed the earlier announcement, we've. this is like the first time announcement to all of you, by the way. We, we'll announce this later on uh, the other platforms. But, uh, well... With, with an actual announcement post. But yeah, Alec Gillis, uh, him and his team were behind uh, Goro from Mortal Kombat 1995. And for all those of you who know, and those of you who don't know, that was a huge breakthrough in the industry regarding animatronics. And it just like, it looked awesome in general, you know, even for people who have no idea, Goro looked crazy cool. And we all have those memories of Goro, at least as far as I've experienced with everybody. But uh, he's behind Goro, him and his team, as well as Aliens, uh, as well as Predator, Prey being the most recent movie. If you haven't checked that out, that is a sick movie. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's coming up next, two weeks from now. Phantom? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let us know what you thought. Um, uh, you know, and thanks again to Jeremy Adams for joining us. Make sure you're following him at Space Kicker or... Better yet, just buy the movies because <laughs> whether it's streaming, Steelbox, whatever you need, get a hold of it. Um, I got my collection behind me and it, it's definitely on there. Um, I don't think I've got my Steelbook in yet though, but um, yeah, it support the movies, show them how much you want more of this. Um, this is one of those yeah. moments where you always say vote with your wallet, and I know like the whole video game industry is like, don't pre order, don't do this, don't do that, and like I agree to a huge extent. But this is really something that's so important, in my opinion, because we're finally getting some kind of content that, you know, as Mortal Kombat fans, we've kind of always craved, you know, 
and mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to get more of it. So this is not a push saying buy WB stuff, you know, like <laughs> nothing like that. It's more this so saying buy support stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Support something that, you know, you can tell that they, they're passionate about it, that they show that they know what they're doing, that we want more of it, basically. Yeah. That, that's my logic. And don't forget uh, Mortal Kombat Online's other programs such as Fan Fight Friday, 6, 8, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Survival Saturdays, which is 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find all that on MortalKombatOnline.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you haven't, just while we're on this topic of all past episodes, uh, we've also recently released an episode with uh, voice actor Jameson Price, who we discussed his roles in Mortal Kombat. And that includes, in case you're not aware, the Mortal Kombat announcer voice. And he did a pretty cool announcement voice for us <laughs> uh, for the Realmcast. Uh, that was pretty awesome to have. And in I, case I, I might you stick don't... around. <laughs> I might keep that. I might keep that intro from now on out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but just in case you don't listen to the outros, I know that, you know, like, oh, it's the end of the episode. Time to hop off. Phantom always leaves in a little kind of teaser outro. It's 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 really fun. Uh, there's, a, there's a little something in basic. No, every single Realmcast episode we've ever done. And yep. the one at the end of Jameson Price's uh, episode was, was pretty cool. He did that one for us. And bear in mind, he's not just the announcer. He's also Noob Cybot from MK9. That was, you know, that fear me. You know, that was a proper, awesome, deep voice. Not, uh, not, uh, just that, though, we also had Ermac in MKX. So he's, he's done some awesome work, and he's a very, very accomplished and talented voice actor. So if you haven't checked that out, pretty awesome video to check out. Yes. So, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, you can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, as well as Yanni on the Mortal Kombat meme realm, which is also on Instagram. And don't forget also, we have an official Discord channel hosted on Mortal Kombat online server, and that'll be in the link in the description. And that's where we can, you know, just hang around and chat, discuss MK with uh, with all of you, basically. Yeah, and you can find out about all of our upcoming episodes and stuff like that. Uh, we post everything there, as well as, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. So make sure you're following us and check out past episodes of the Realmcast on realmcast.com. Thank you, everybody.